This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're checking in with Lieutenant Governor Antonio Delgado. At the start of August, outside the Capitol, you delivered remarks at a concert designed to celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. As someone who is now practically as old as hip-hop, what does the genre mean to you at, you know, age 46? It means an awful lot. It's a culture rooted in a set of principles, peace, love, unity, and having fun. And the origin story of the culture is miraculous. It is a story of a culture that grew out of being abandoned, grew out of being overlooked and underserved. Communities at the time in the Bronx were left behind. These block parties that emerged and then ultimately manifested into other aspects of the culture from not just DJing, but emceeing and graffiti writing and breaking, break dancing to fashion. And if you know the history, you know that a lot of the first iterations around the culture were very loud and demonstrative, meaning, you know, there were big boom boxes. The break dancing was on cardboards in the middle of the street. You had fat shoelaces and uh, you were spray painting, um, you know, graffiti art on subway trains. The idea being we are going to try to be seen by a world that refuses to see us. We're going to be heard by a world that refuses to hear us. And to know that that is the origin story of hip-hop and to know that it has now become a worldwide phenomenon, which in many respects dictates culture writ large, um, is is incredibly powerful. And it speaks to the power of creativity. It speaks to the power of art. Uh, it speaks to the power of these principles, peace, love, unity, and having fun. And to know that the birthplace of this culture is, in fact, New York. It is incredibly suiting, incredibly poetic, and makes a lot of sense that it would have its origin here in New York. And as, as somebody who was a former hip-hop artist um, and tried to utilize the music in a way and the culture in a way to you know, speak truth to power. Uh, I feel a personal connection um, with the culture as well. Well, given the reverence that you are speaking about hip-hop today, I'm curious if your relationship with hip-hop was poisoned at all by your 2018 congressional campaign when your past uh, as a rapper was dredged up essentially to scare white people in your district who you were hoping uh, to represent, uh, essentially you know, taking the opposite of that uh, unity element uh, that you mentioned. So how did that change your relationship at all with hip-hop? It, it made me even more aware of the power of the music. I was at, as you know, last week I was... Uh, at the uh, Empire State Plaza, and it was a concert in my home. I'm from the Capital District, so I was, you know, making my way uh, through the crowd. And a former constituent, uh, white woman, pulled me aside and started talking to me. And I heard her husband, and um, you know, just having a good discussion about just how great it was to be together at this event. But one of the things she said to me was, "You know, we still, we still." shake our heads over what they tried to do with that narrative. And what, what she was saying, what so many other folks said in New York 19, was they knew what the 
attempt was and how empty it was and how stereotypical and prejudicial and biased it was out of state. And it helped, obviously, that I you know, was in the community, of the community, connecting folks in a meaningful way. It, 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 it made the hypocrisy all the more demonstrable. And so, it, but, but more than anything, it just made me appreciate so much how universal hip hop is and how, um, how it's gotten to a point where it cannot be used in that way, that it is American music, it's American culture. Um, and, you know, to know that it's reached those levels from where it started is incredibly powerful. So we talk about hip hop as a force for good, but you know, returning to how we started our conversation, these focus on preventing hate and bias. Do you think rap music, which is a component of hip hop, so to speak, is guilty of promoting hate and bias in some cases when it comes to maybe women or LGBTQ people, at least more than other genres of music? Our culture, writ large, as a society, as a, as a, as America, right has elements of deep-seated elements of uh, misogyny and homophobia uh, that, and it's also very uh, consumer-oriented, materialistic, uh, also uh, is uh, an aspect of, of drugs in our, in our culture. These are all aspects of the larger society which manifests in genres across the board and in art forms across the board. And so I think one should be careful to uh, not attempt to uh, suggest that any one genre, American-made genre, as that is somehow uh, more likely to exhibit uh, uh, a thread of American culture that is pronounced uh, nonetheless in, in any number of other areas, uh, in any other modes or any other number of mediums. So it doesn't mean that you don't take a, a careful eye uh, in every space you can, including hip-hop, but I would be careful to not attempt to make that about hip-hop itself, as if it is somehow inherent in the culture itself. I think that would be uh, a significant error in one's thinking. Well, finally, do you enjoy today's version of hip-hop, or are your tastes preserved in amber the same way my interests range from about 1995 to 2010 and include nothing else? <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate the timeline that you've given. Listen, the fact is I love the music I grew up on. I love 90s hip-hop, just like my parents loved Motown. In my mind, it was the golden era of hip-hop. And I certainly appreciate, though, the artists who've, who've come later on. I'm particularly a fan of you know, individuals like J. Cole or you know, Kendrick Lamar. Right? So there are artists that have come along after my time of growing up and I still very much appreciate their lyricism and the artistry of what they do. And, you know, while I may not necessarily 
relate or have the ability to, you know, have music resonate in the same way it did when I was growing up in terms of the more recent releases or more recent artists. I, I remind myself that this is how it always has been, that younger generations ultimately define what is new, what is fresh, and what is hot. And typically that is not what the older generation necessarily can relate to. And that is just a function of music and art, um, you know, writ large. And so I, I try not to be some, you know, old, begrudging individual who said, back in my day, um, you know, I, I think the music speaks for itself to each generation. And I certainly appreciate and feel very grateful for the, for the period I was able to grow up in. Well, we've been speaking with the notorious LG, Antonio Delgado. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And for more Capitol Press Room content, including a discussion with Lieutenant Governor Antonio Delgado about his work on the state's hate and bias prevention unit, visit our archives at capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.